This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally, Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Let's go, business storytellers. How's everyone doing? It is just me today. We want to talk about written communication skills. How do we improve them? I have had some horrible, horrible, horrible experiences with some um, chats with companies. People are just not very friendly all the time. So thought I took the opportunity to share some tips and tricks that people can do. This is also an article that's written over on ChristophTrap.com, so you can check it out there. And I will add the link into the show notes as well. Any questions, as always, feel free to reach out, ctrap at gmail.com or through ChristophTrap.com, ctrap on Twitter. All right. Written communication skills can be a challenge, one that is also easily overlooked. The topic actually first came up to me working in nonprofits. United Way offered the 211 phone service. People can call in with questions, talk to somebody, and get answers verbally. They've done that for quite a while. At that time, this has been a few years ago now, it was suggested that perhaps the service should be expanded to text-based communications. That sounds great, but the skills to have a verbal conversation are different from having excellent written communication skills. Just because I can talk doesn't mean I can write. Just because I can listen doesn't mean I can understand your uh, question to me when it comes in writing. Something to think about. Today, United Way does offer a text-based chat that appears to be handled by certain United Way offices. So when I tested this, I actually got a message back from the United Way of Central Iowa, even though I'm in the area of the United Way of East Central Iowa. So not to go off topic too far, but if you have any questions for United Way 211, you, all you have to do is um, text your zip code to 898-211 and the proper United Way will respond. And they do. They ask a few questions. But anyway, <clears throat> the reason I bring up this example is just to really bring home that it is important to be aware that they're not the same skills. Somebody has been working in a call center for 20 years. They may or may not be the right person to run the chatbot on the company website. So something to keep in mind. All right. What are good written communication skills? Always one of my favorite questions. How do we um, define anything, right? Anything. There's certainly some exceptions that um, don't need to be defined. But um, in general, I think that's a good practice to get into. All right, good, good written communication skills hit the right level of clarity. If your content is not clear to the person you're talking to, it's not good. It is not good written communication. So, end, end of story. The tone, you see my tone, I'm a little snarky at times. 
try to bring my personality into it. You can see me. You can hear me if you're watching this on, on Spotify, for example. So you have to have the right tone. That's harder than it sounds with a written word, but it is possible. And I'll, I'll, tell, I'll share with you in a minute how it's possible. Understand that all that needs to come through, that all of those things need to come through in the written word. Easy to forget. The person we talk to can't see your body language or hear your voice's inflection and tone. So all that has, all that somehow has to come through via the written word. You know, and that's hard. Uh, I write all day long, every day, and it can be hard for me. So, but before we get to the solution, why is some written communication so bad? Why? Well, some reasons that come to mind are that the writer doesn't understand how it sounds. I was writing something earlier, and when I ran a tone check, I was like, ooh, that's not the tone I was going for. Let me think about that. Um, so they don't understand. They don't actively think about it. They don't make an effort to think about it. I'm not saying they're lazy. I'm just saying they hadn't thought about it for one reason or another, or they're not doing it for one reason or another. So there are some people that don't care how it sounds. You know, this is the same people probably that say, oh, I wish there wasn't office politics. I don't want to deal with it. There's office politics even in the best companies out there, right? There's always people pushing their agendas. There's always something negative going on, even when things are close to perfect. So just something to keep in mind um, that you, if, if you don't care how it sounds, if you don't care uh, about your customers, the people you're talking to, it's, it's never going to change. Sometimes people don't get the proper training. You know, here, let's get going. Let's get started. Boom, done. Like, that's not training, you know. You have to learn these things. Um, listen to feedback. The writer might not listen to feedback. Maybe they don't get the feedback. Maybe the feedback doesn't come in the right format. I have gotten horrible feedback over the years writing. Useless. The definition of horrible in this context means useless. It is not helpful. It's not specific. It doesn't give examples. It's just like, Oh, I don't like that. Or like that word. I don't like that word. Like that doesn't help anybody, including myself, including the person providing the feedback, including the reader. So to listen to feedback, it's again, a little bit of a two-way street and we're not going to hide behind our editors or bosses or whatever. But, you know, for the bosses and for the editors, make sure you give feedback that is indeed um that can be well-received, that has a chance. So <clears throat> there's also a little bit, and I am not a Native American English speaker or Native American, Native English speaker, Native English speaker. And that's just how it is. Grew up in Germany, you know, do the best I can. But I know some of you, not going to point any fingers, but some of you, have people in other countries who respond to Americans who are native speakers of English and the person that's talking to them, they're not. They don't understand the subtleties. They don't, <clears throat> you know, they don't understand, they don't use the correct verbiage. Maybe they used, maybe they learned British English and whatever they're saying 
doesn't translate as well to American English, to to the larger consumer base. Something to think about, um, or they don't understand some of the. Um, I want to say slang, but you know what I mean? Like the, the dialects or, or whatever. So that is a problem. And I, I'm pretty sure some of the people I've talked to, um, on the company's behalfs, um, they're not native English speakers. Um, and, uh, and it comes through sometimes whoever's communicating in writing has the goal of getting their thoughts out instead of influencing or communicating well with the recipient. Once again, it all starts with the goal. So think of when people rain online. Is their point really to share something valuable or are they just venting? I would argue that they're just trying to vent, honestly. Uh, when talking to customers online, the goal can be to win an argument and be right or to try to understand. Uh, the goal should be to be try to understand them and be helpful. In other words, customer doesn't always have to be right, but you have to show empathy. You have to be helpful and you can't have an attitude. Even if you don't have an attitude, the attitude can't come through. It can look like you have an attitude. So uh, we have to think about that as we are um, setting up teams that communicate in writing with the larger consumer base. So, you know, sometimes these, I'll call them less than useful goals, aren't even deliberate. Instead, people end up in them because they get caught up in the moment, right? If I'm like, look at Twitter. I love Twitter. But sometimes people are in like a flame war or whatever. You know, they're just <coughs> picking on each other. And I think they just get caught up in it. Their goal isn't to be a jerk online. Maybe it is to some of them, but I don't think it is for many. And I think the same thing can happen here right? A frustrated customer says something, other person gets frustrated and, and, and they can't, unfortunately. And you know, you got to remember some of the processes customers are pushed through are still horrendous. I mean, they are. So, um, so why should you care about written communication? Good written communication. So the art, this article and podcast episode was actually prompted by some customer service chats I had. Chatbot customer support is becoming more and more of a thing and waiting for a chatbot customer support agent to get back to me. Honestly, it's much less annoying than being on hold on the phone and have to listen to some crappy hold music. So in reality, anyone who communicates with anyone else, though, the, through the written word should work on their communication skills in that channel. So, you know, if you're talking on Slack all day, that's internal. You should think about verbal communication skills. If you're emailing clients, you should think about that. If you are, you know, anything. If you do uh, things on social media, whatever it might be. Like if you're writing your response instead of picking up the phone, do people still do that? I, I don't most of the time. So <clears throat> um, you should care about this topic, in my opinion. You have to make your own decision. But that's that's just my two cents. So let's talk about how to improve written communications. And years ago at times, I would run important emails by somebody else for a second set of eyes. Hey, can you give this a read? Thank you. What do you think? How does it come through? Does it read root? Does it read too direct? Does it read whatever? But again, that is highly subjective. It is. So still a good idea, though. Sometimes not feasible. Um, especially 
since the speed of communication has increased, do I actually have time to chase somebody down to read my email if I have to respond to the email today? You know, probably not. So something to keep in mind, uh, but you could still do that. Also keep in mind um, that you might have to think about what somebody's feedback is actually saying. For example, somebody, as I mentioned earlier, told me that an email was uh, straightforward. Okay, noted. But what was the point of the email? Was it supposed to be direct and to the point or was it supposed to do something else? If that was the goal, the goal was achieved. So just because they don't like the tone, maybe it got the job done that you were trying to achieve. But again, you have to start with the goal, which is what I'm going to talk about next. So any communication depends on the goal. What's the goal when a person talks with a customer through a chatbot? Several goals come to mind to be as helpful and empathetic as possible. This is from the customer service rep point of view, obviously. The, the customer's goal is to get a resolution to whatever they're calling about and understand what the heck is going on. <clears throat> Explain the, the rules, no matter what. I actually had somebody like this, and you know what they did? is They just said, this is the rule. These are the rules. Meow, 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 bow, pew, done. That's it. I don't care if you don't like the rules. People, that's not good customer service. And were they yelling at me? I don't know. It wasn't the written word. It certainly read like they were yelling to me. So something to think about. Um, be right. Do you want to be happy or do you want to be right? Who decides what's right anyways? Um, that's that's a little overdramatic. Honestly, want to be happy or want to be right. But um, sometimes that's people's goals and they just happen to fall into them, right? They want to be right. I'm right and you're wrong. Well, that actually can hurt the company. And again, I'm not saying the customer always has to be right, but at least you can't get into a stupid argument over, over things. Some people have goals of getting conversations done quickly. In fact, I've worked with people before. I swear their only goal for any meeting was to get it done as quickly as possible. And I'm thinking, why even have a meeting at all if you just want to get it done? Like, for real. But that was a goal. That felt productive. And you know what? If the customer service rep has a goal of a certain amount of calls a day, not the quality, but a certain amount. Of, now, I don't know if companies do that or not, but let's say hypothetically speaking, then that makes sense. But it might not help me as the customer. Upsell. You know what? If I'm calling in, you might upsell to me, but I don't necessarily want to be upsold too. If I'm calling with a charge about, um, a, 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 with, a, with a question about a charge on my bill, right? So as I mentioned, the customer certainly isn't always right, but that doesn't mean we can't show empathy. People, use non-aggressive language. We can. Trust me. And be human. Be human, people. You're a human. So, of course, the next thing to actually improve your written communication skills is you have to start with the awareness, right? If I need to lose weight, I'm not going to lose any weight until I'm aware that I need to lose weight. Same is true here. Are we aware of how our brand is perceived? Do we know how certain customer reps come across? Do we provide them with the proper training? Do they know how to catch themselves going into a negative response rabbit hole? That's what I was talking about earlier. If you're going to come in my face and you're going to be rude to me, of course, my first reaction is probably to, to fire right back. 
you know? So how do you catch yourself not going down that negative responses rabbit hole? There's probably a better term for that, but I'll leave it to you guys to come up with that. Then we got to move into the implementation. Nothing works until we implement it. That can include the proper ongoing training, monitoring, and addressing communications that when we see them and finding other ways to communicate well through the written word. So practice, 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 practice. How do I get better at podcasting? Practice, practice, practice. It's not that difficult, seriously. The more you do it, the better you get. You know, listen to yourself. Read the messages back. Um, you know, get feedback from others. So, sounds simple enough, but I know nobody ever has enough time to do anything. Um, if I'm snarky, I would say correctly. But, you know, honestly, we need to find the time. One way to do that is to get instant feedback through technology solutions. There might be others out there, but I use Grammarly. There's a link in the show notes that is an affiliate link. If you click it and buy, I get a cut. Pretty small cut. Maybe I just get credits. I don't even know. The point is I'm mentioning Grammarly because it has been fantastic to me. So, for example, when I run all my articles through Grammarly, it tells me the tone. So the the thing I'm just reading to you basically for the most part At this point, it was showing as the following tones. It always gives you three. Confident, disapproving, sat. It is actually close to how I'm feeling. That doesn't mean that's the best tone for the reader. Um, I'm confident that I have some tips that are worth sharing. I do indeed disapprove of rude and unempathetic written communication with customers. I'm not really sure that I'm sad. Either way, the current check of the tone that I'm using gives me an instant feedback loop of how my Content is coming across. You know, this is not something you could have done being on the phone with people, right? Because um, how, how do you do that? Like, you know, somebody has to analyze your voice and tone and whatever. Uh, but in this case, it uh, it works well. So it, it gives me an update right away. Instantly. So. Don't want to sound too direct or disapproving or sad or rude or whatever. Check your text's tone and update the content before sending it. I use Grammarly in email, Slack, everywhere. So I kept writing and updating my article, of course, and I was able to get the tone to be formal, gloomy, and confident. So that's a little better, but gloomy is still kind of bad. It's an improvement, I suppose. Um, Because it might even be accurate. Because if you talk to customers like that, it's hard to win business, hard to keep business, right? People pay with, uh, people vote with their wallets. So, but anyway, so I got it slightly better. Uh, would probably still be friendlier. So I kept working on it, kept working on my tone, the words I picked, and checking in on the detected tones. Finally, I ended up with friendly, confident, and optimistic. Boom! Fist bump to the crew on video. Um, That's how I got there. I got instant feedback. It's like an 1,100-word article. 
So, you know, when you send short messages to customers, why wouldn't you use a tool, whether it's Grammarly or, or, or a different one? I don't know what other ones there are, but, um, you know, get instant feedback on your tone and, and try to hit certain tones. You know, just another side note here. There's also specific terminologies that are overly aggressive to begin with, like, as I've previously mentioned several times. Yes, thank you for pointing that out. You mentioned it three times. So, but seriously, or as you should be aware, then why in the world am I talking to you? Seriously, per my previous email. Ugh. Yes, per your previous email. You've seen the TikToks about that topic, I'm sure. So you can do that in the moment. I think it's helpful because it is in the moment. But um, after people talk with your company, ask them how it went. Um, and, you know, for example, when I call American Airlines at the end of the call, I can just push one or two. It says, uh, you know, would you recommend this customer service rep? Push one for yes, two for no. And then it gives you, uh, there's like one more question. And then you can leave a voice message if you want to. Um, which I very rarely ever do, but you can, you know, you can also ask customers to leave a short video response. Um, check out voxpopme.com for that. Um, full disclosure, I do work there as director of content strategy, but that is indeed a way for you to get feedback in addition, if you care. And I think you should, because if you're not customer centric, honestly, good luck making it work long-term. It's, uh, I don't, I don't see it. Indeed, automated responses can help us funnel consumer interactions to the right people. But once customers are talking to actual employees in the chat, it's so important that those employees understand the basics and can implement good written communication. And I'm sticking to it. Good luck. Learn better skills. Be clear. Pick the right tone. And it'll be good. It'll be fine. You'll build those customer relationships. And there's no reason to be stressed when we're just trying to be helpful. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win.